As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. If our focus is real estate rental properties, then we might look at somebody else and say, oh my God, I look at them. They're doing so awesome. And then it's taking me forever to build my portfolio. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Gerard Mehta. Gerard, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Theo. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thanks for asking, and thank you for joining me today. A little bit about Sherrod's background. He is the founder and CEO of Real Estate Simply. Dot com, a business in a box for real estate investors. He has 10 years of investing experience and his portfolio consists of 75 units owned 90% free and clear. And he has completed 600 deals in the last 10 years. Based in Toronto, Canada, you can say hi to him at resimply, that's S-I-M-P-L-I dot com. So do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Absolutely, man. So I started out investing in 2010 is when I bought my first property. I used to be an accountant before that. So I was a full-time accountant and I used to live in Chicago. I started looking at what I wanted to do to generate some passive income. So at that point, I started investing in Indiana, which is right outside of Chicago, Northwest Indiana. And I started out buying a two-unit property, and then I started getting some decent cash flow. I'm like, hey, this is great. Then I bought another three-unit property, and then I left my job to kind of do real estate investing full-time. And then I started buying a bunch of rental properties. And then after that, started doing some wholesaling, fix and flips. So right now, we do a lot of uh, fix and flip turnkey properties to out-of-state investors. So I would say the properties we flip, 60% is turnkey to other investors, another 40% would be retail flip. And then I also founded a company simply just to manage the different pieces of the business. And then that's kind of where the software company started. And that's what my primary focus is right now. Perfect. So I would talk a little bit about RE Simply, but going back to the beginning, you said that you were a full-time accountant and then you started investing in Indiana and you had bought a two-unit property and then you bought a three-unit property. You said that after that is when you had left your job, after you had the five units? Correct. So my wife and I, we've always lived on lower of the two incomes. So by me leaving my job, it wasn't going to affect our lifestyle. So like 2010, 11, the market was really low. So I figured... The downside wasn't that bad, but if things worked out, the upside would be amazing. Sure. Things kind of worked out. So you said that when you left your job, you were still able to live off of your wife's income, you said? Correct. So you have five units, you left your job. What was your main focus at that point? And then how did you fund that main focus? So my main focus was rental properties. And then I had some money saved up. So again, like the area that I invest in at that point, the prices were really low. So just to put things in perspective, the two unit that I bought, it was listed for 65 and I made an offer for 20. And I think I bought it for 25,000, put about 10,000 into it. And it was rented for 1300. The second property I bought three unit was 44,000. So prices were really low and I had money saved up. So I was buying these cash. And then once I kind of ran out of my cash, I borrowed money from a private lender 
And with the private lender, I had a very aggressive loan because I wanted to make sure I was putting that pressure on myself to pay them off. So it was a seven-year amortization with two-year balloon. So all the money that I was making from my rental income, I just basically kept repaying those loans. I wanted to have a free and clear portfolio for the most part. So again, I think what happened in 2007, 8, 9 had a big influence on how I wanted to invest. So I didn't want to leverage too much. I wanted to make sure I had stable income coming in. That was free and clear. So that's kind of how I started investing. And then how long did you use this private lender for? Or, or do you still use that person today to buy your deals? I don't use that person now, but I used that person for about two to three years until I got to the point where I had decent rental income coming in. And then at that point, I started doing some other things in real estate, like fix and flip, wholesaling. So I had like other revenues within real estate. I borrowed money from that person to find some flips that we're doing, but not for rental properties. Rental properties, now that I buy for myself, I buy them free and clear without any loans on them. So when did you start the RE Simply business? And maybe you kind of walk us through what it is. So I moved from Chicago to San Diego in 2015. Because my wife found a job in San Diego. So I moved to San Diego and I still had a very active business in Indiana. And once I started looking at all the different software I would need to run my business. And at that point, I decided to just build something on our own where if nothing else, we will get the value out of it. The important thing, the motivation behind that was we wanted everybody on our team to be on one software from my acquisition person to my lead manager to project manager, my bookkeeper. So that's kind of where the motivation started and it's turned into what it is now. So essentially the goal, the vision with this is to be one-stop shop for real estate investors from Everything from managing your leads to even doing your accounting, bookkeeping, and everything in between. Is this something that just you and your company are using right now? Or have you already started the process of having other investors on the platform? If so, how many people no, are using we, the platform right now? No, we have other, we, we opened it up to other investors sometime last year. So we have about 400 companies that are using it right now. Nice. Do you want to walk us through when you first open it up to investors? What did you do to find people or did you open it up because you already had interest from people that you knew? I tested it in my business for about a year, year and a half before I felt comfortable letting other people use it. And then how we grew was I'm part of a few different masterminds. So essentially we talk about this is what I'm doing in my business. And our software is focused very heavily on the KPI parts of it, tracking your data. So as I would share the data, keep interest from other people. And I said, okay, at that point, we started opening it and then we slowly started developing relationship with other affiliates that are helping us. They see the value in what we're doing. So the big real estate investors, they're using it in their business and then they're running a coaching program. They're having their students use that also. That's kind of how we're growing right now. How do you balance your time between running this RE Simply business while also managing, and I'm assuming continuing to grow an active portfolio of properties. Yeah, absolutely. So I also own a property management business. So, so I've owned three businesses, my fix and flip business, property management, and recently, most of my time is spent on the software business. But as far as my fix and flip business is concerned, it's very hands-off more or less. I would say I spend about an hour a day at most in the fix and flip business, maybe even less. And the only person that's local in the area is my acquisition person. 
We have nine flips going on right now. And my project manager is based in California, managing everything from California for projects in Indiana. And then like everybody is very clear on what their roles and responsibilities are. And we do a daily call at the end of the day, just to make sure how everything is going. And I'm in the process of hiring a fractional operating manager for my fix and flip business. As we're looking to scale that, we want to put a little bit more process and systems in place. So I'm in the process of hiring somebody for a few hours a week just to oversee the growth. And then on the property management side of it, I literally just have one call once a week for half hour just to go over how everything is going. So that's the extent of my involvement in that business. Again, the people that are working in these businesses, they're the ones who are superstars managing everything and very independent, making sure everything is very clear on their roles and responsibilities. And then I spend most of my time on the software side because there's a lot of moving pieces. We're working with the large development team and then we're partnering up with a large company. Actually today we're going live with that partnership. So we're hopefully looking to scale with that partnership. That's where most of my time is being spent. Congratulations on that partnership. One of the things you mentioned was I'm getting the idea that you have a really solid team that allows you to be so hands-off on both the fix and flip and the property management business. So my question to you is, what did you do when you hired these people to ensure that they were superstars? And then kind of on a similar note, are these people who've been working for you the entire time or did it take some trial and error to find the right team? It's been a little bit of both. We started a property management about two years ago. So I've had the same two main people work for me. We've had other part-time people just kind of come and leave, but the main people have been there since the beginning. And then on my fix and flip business, my project manager has been with me since when I moved to California is when I hired her, when I was living in California. So she's been with me for five years. My acquisition manager, she's been with me for two years. And then we have a virtual team that's been with us for about six months. So definitely having a team that you can stay with for a long time. I could not be this hands-off if people were leaving every six months, for example, because Just the training and onboarding would take up a lot of time. So finding the right people, investing in them in the beginning, and then trusting them with the business, making sure that they can run the business. At this point, my project manager has full access to my banking, for example. I'm not even making the payments anymore. She has access to the payments. I trust her to the point where she's making all the payments to the contractor. The only involvement that I have on that side is where we discuss when we buy a property, Actually, before we buy it, what rehab budget is going to be. And then after that, we kind of know this is an estimated profit at the end of the day. And then she has full authority to hire whoever she wants and then make the payments. And then with her, I do a weekly call just to go over the project to see where we stand with budget to actually lift and then just tweak anything if we need to. When you hire this person, how do you find them and what was your screening process for them in particular? Because it sounds like they've been the longest and they're the one that you trust the most. Right. The project manager I actually found on Craigslist. I interviewed a couple of different people. For me, the most important thing is finding somebody that I can trust because I don't want to find somebody if I'm not able to trust them 100% with my business because the goal is always to keep scaling and then keep making them in charge of the bigger piece of the business. But it doesn't start with day one. It starts with, okay, let's just give them one piece of the puzzle and see how they handle that. If they feel comfortable and if they're able to manage that, then they start delegating more of that, start trusting them with more. So they have to earn the trust. I've had other people that I've trusted in my business and things didn't go well, but that's nature of the business. But I found my project manager through Craigslist and then 
mostly everybody else has been through referrals. Thank you so much for sharing that. Sure. Okay, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say like best real estate investing advice would be focus on one thing and be better at it than anybody else. I think in this day and age with social media, we look at other people, they might be crushing it in wholesaling or fix and flip. And then if our focus is real estate rental properties, then we might look at somebody else and say, oh my God, I look at them. They're doing so awesome. And then it's taking me forever to build my portfolio. So I would say just focus on one thing, be clear on it, and then stick with it and then be better at it than anybody else. Solid advice. Definitely do your best to avoid the shiny object syndrome, especially when you're first starting out. Everything looks great. (laughs) You want to do everything and then they end up doing nothing. So a solid advice. Okay. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. Okay, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast, hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer, interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com. First question, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I have two books. On my personal side, I would say it's The Book of Joy by Dalai Lama. It's amazing, amazing book. And then on the business side, it's The One Thing by Gary Keller, the the best book. I'm actually reading it with my software company. We're reading it as a team. So I'd say The One Thing for business. That book definitely aligns with your best advice too. Yeah. Okay. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Man, I absolutely love real estate investing. I thought about it. I love real estate investing. I would figure out what went wrong learn from my mistake, and then just become a better real estate investor. I wouldn't want to do anything else. If there's a time that you'd lost money on a deal, how much did you lose and what lesson did you learn? I recently lost $30,000 on a loan that I gave on a property to someone, and then another 15000 on a flip that I did, that we were planning to do in Chicago. So again, the lessons that I learned from the loan was, this was a loan that I gave to a friend. I still did my due diligence. So the lesson was, make sure you always do your due diligence even if you're giving money to somebody that you've known for a long time. So that was one thing. And then the flip in Chicago was we kind of went outside of one thing. We kind of went outside of the area that we built. So we got a little bit greedy with this different market and things didn't work out so well. So we lost 15,000 on that. On the positive side, let's talk about the best ever deal you've done. The reason I would say one this year we did was we bought property for $5,000, put about 15 into it and sold for $100,000. What is the best ever way you like to give back? What I do is so for every property that we sell, we pay for a kid's education in India. So the best gift I ever got in my entire life was my kid. They put me in a position where I was able to go get education. So that's kind of my way of paying back is every property we sell, we pay for a kid's education in India. That's awesome. Last question. What is the best ever place to reach you? The best ever place to reach me is through esimply.com. So R-E-S-I-M-P-L-I.com. So we're very active and then anybody can reach us and we'll get back. 
right away. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and giving us your best ever advice. Some of the things that we talked about was how you were able to leave your full-time job and start in real estate full-time and how you initially scaled through money you had saved up as well as through a very aggressive private lender because of your focus on owning properties free and clear. We also talked a little bit about your software company, RE Simply, and then we focused on how you're able to manage your time between the other businesses, which really was all about having a superstar team. So we focused on what are some of the things that you need to do in order to find those team members and the process of slowly building up trust by giving them one piece of the puzzle, seeing how they handle it, as opposed to just giving them access to everything from day one, because that's going to lead to trouble. And then your best ever advice, which is to focus on one thing and then be better at it than anyone else and avoid that shiny object syndrome. So thank you again so much for joining us today. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.